Greetings, church. We come to you again week three of virtual church. So good morning, good evening, happy lunch break on Tuesday. We don't know. We just don't know. But we love you, and we miss you, and we greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, for the first two weeks that we did this, the worship was a little bit subdued, a little bit somber. It felt appropriate for the seriousness of the moment that we're in. I got to warn you, this weekend we're going to get a little rowdy, and I'll tell you why. It is the beginning of Holy Week. It is Palm Sunday, and you got to get a little rowdy on Palm Sunday. So we go to the scripture. Luke 19 says this, As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. In the Matthew narrative, it uses the word Hosanna, which means Lord, save us. The people in Jerusalem recognized that they needed a rescuer. Let us stand to our feet and get a little rowdy and greet the Lord at the beginning of this holy week, singing this tune together. Here we go. Yeah, he's our rescuer. He's our rescuer. We are free from sin forevermore. Oh, how sweet the sound. Oh, how grace abounds. We will praise the Lord, our rescuer. There is good news for the captive. Good news for the shame. There is good news for the one who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. Come on. Yeah, he's our rescuer. He's our rescuer.
this song last year at Easter, so if you remember that, if you're in the kids' choir, you got to lead your parents and uh, sing it out loud. Also, this song has a dance break, so prepare yourself. <laughs> prepare yourself. Here we go.
thank you so much, Chad and Erica, for leading us each week in worship. It's especially important during this time to keep coming back to God's character and his unchanging ways and faithfulness through this season. Well, my hope is, is that's what your focus has been on during this stretch. And it brings me back to a verse in Psalms 103.9 that says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. God is in control of all of this, everything we're going to. He hasn't been caught off guard. There's nothing that he's been surprised by. He knows when this will end, and he has a reason and purpose in all of it. We can cling to that through this season. So if you wouldn't mind, because of that, joining me in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we come to you right now as we worship, as we spend time in our homes elevating you, God, and we want to bring our requests before you. You tell us to cast our cares upon you. And so we do want to bring some specific requests to you now. First, we want to bring to you those who are sick, those that are literally struggling. I know even in our church family, we have relatives and ones that we love that have been affected by this virus. I pray too for those that are trying to care for those who are suffering, God, that you'd give them endurance, that you'd give them wisdom, that you'd protect them. God, for those that are making decisions for our country, I know it's got to be a huge weight specifically for our president, for those in leadership here in California. God, that you'd guide and direct them, that you'd give them an extra dose of wisdom, we pray. We thank you for this chance as a church to respond, and I love already seeing how our church is responding with trying to be the light and love of Jesus Christ. I pray that you'd continue to go before us, that you give us words, that you'd give us responses, that you'd give us creative ways to break into our communities with your love, God. Pray that we'd be especially sensitive to your spirit and your leading during this season. We pray this all in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Well, I'll be honest with you, it's been really hard to not be together as a church. We so miss being with you, and hopefully you've been staying in communication with us through different formats, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on our website, through our emails. If you're not getting correspondence, just a, a quick encouragement, if you wouldn't mind sending us an email at info at agorabible.org. That would be really helpful so that we can add you to our email list. That's our primary way to communicate with you. That would be great. And then also a special thanks to you, especially during this stretch that have been faithfully giving to the church. We've really been able to stay on target and stay on budget. And just a reminder of just God's faithfulness through your giving, continuing the ministry here at ABF. Just a a quick thing we point to regularly each week is the specific ways to give really online is most likely the easiest. But if you feel more comfortable, you're also welcome to mail in church Uh, checks to the church. Well, a couple other things I wanted to remind us of is uh, specific ways that we can serve. I've had a lot of people ask me, well, what can we do? What are tangible ways that we can meet some of the needs in the community? I want to just point out a specific partner that we work with. You regularly have heard us talk about the Conejo Valley Meal Program. They've changed their approach, and now they're just trying to direct uh, lunch bags to or sack lunches to uh, folks that are in need. And so they have different stop-in points. uh, And we have the opportunity, the same as usual, uh, our monthly opportunity to serve in that happening on April the 13th. And so if you're interested in your family or by yourself supporting that with making 10 sack lunches, if you wouldn't mind just shooting us an email and letting us know that you plan to participate, that would be wonderful. 
And then during this stretch, I know that they actually have at Holy Trinity Church in Thousand Oaks the opportunity to drop off any kind of food goods uh, to help support their food pantry. As you can imagine, there's a lot of extra need during this stretch. And so we're excited in tangible ways to be able to bless people specifically in our community. We appreciate in advance for your help and partnership with that. Well, I want to just turn over an opportunity for Adrian uh, to tell us a little bit about what's happening with Kids Blast and how we can stay connected with our youth. Well, hey, kids, I sure miss seeing your faces. It's been a couple of weeks now. So, kids, I want to send you my quarantine kisses, my virtual hugs, and, of course, homeschool high five. Well, hey, I hope you're doing okay. I know it's a big deal. We just found out the news that we're not going to back to school for the rest of the semester, but I know you guys are going to hang in there and you're going to do a great job. Well, families, each week I've been sending out emails and um, posting on our website the way that you can stay connected to us in our Bible story curriculum and our worship experience. So I hope you are using those uh, that curriculum and it's blessing your family. If you've got little ones, if you've got toddlers or preschoolers, I know you're going to love jumping in and watching those videos with them with Ollie the owl and the, the kids one clubhouse super fun for the little ones especially the music this week our kids blast challenge is the hunt for Easter I sent that out in an email and you're also going to be able to find that on our website but this at-home scavenger hunt is going to be a great way for you and your family to come together and take a look at what Jesus went through during Holy Week so I hope you'll do that and kids just so you know once you finish it you can send in a picture to me and that's going to be worth some kids blast bucks for you so send me those pictures Pictures. Well, I was super impressed last week when I was receiving all these pictures and emails from you uh, from our challenge of how you've been putting love in action in your neighborhood. So let's take a moment and take a look at how we've been shining the light of Jesus. Show her your cheeks. No, squish them. No, squish. Oh, yeah. Yay. There we go, delivering some cheer. They are. Yay. What are you guys doing? Oh, we're writing a letter to neighbors. I'm writing a letter to the neighbors too. Oh, I'm writing a letter to my friends to show them that I care about them. 
Hey, what's up, church? How we doing? Hey, are you loving those videos? I am loving those videos. But to be honest with you, it does not make up for the fact that we don't have sports. Who's missing sports out there? Anybody missing sports? Yeah. So I am missing sports. And uh, I came up with a, a solution. Okay, it's not a solution, but I came up with something that's going to help us out at least today. So uh, I love competition. I can pretty much make anything into a game. Uh, and so today, as we are kind of in the midst of things being weird and different, uh, I figured I'm gonna throw a little competition into church. Uh, so today, at home, church is competition. Those people that you're sitting with, not only your family, friends, people that you're stuck at home with, uh, but they are your greatest competition. Uh, we are keeping score in church today. Uh, get ready for it. Uh, I know that there are also many of you who are watching by yourself. Uh, and that's great. We're glad you're here. Uh, you can keep score by yourself. That's fine too. Uh, but we love you guys. We're glad you're here. Hey, first thing that I want you to do is I want you to take a pause on this video. I want you to pause me, come up with a little prize for the winner of today's competition. Ready? Pause me, come up with a prize, and I'll see you back here in a second. Okay, so you've got your prize, and I'm about to give you your first question of the day, your first opportunity to earn some points. How you're going to earn these first points is by answering this question. Whoever answers this question first gets 10 points in today's competition. Whoever says it out loud after I finish the question gets the points. We are finishing up a series here in the church, going through a book of the Bible, and your question of today for 10 points. Who is the author? Good job. Great job. Very impressive. Very, very impressed. Peter was the correct answer. Did you guys know that? Okay, good. Excellent. Uh, Peter is the answer. Uh, if, you, if you tied, that's fine. You guys can both have 10 points. It's all good. So today we are wrapping up our series going through the book of 1 Peter. Um, man, it has been such cool timing. Uh, just so neat to see how applicable uh, First Peter is uh, to today, to the situation that we're currently in. Uh, I actually went back and I listened to Pastor Scott's first message from the series. Uh, it's crazy how spot on it was, uh, again, and how applicable it was even to just setting up like this time that we're in now. And that was before any of the craziness even started. Uh, if you have not got a chance uh, to listen to last week's message from Pastor Scott, uh, I highly recommend that you just turn me off right now. Just like stop and just go back and watch Pastor Scott. You don't even need to listen to me. Uh, just go and listen to Pastor Scott's message from last week. It was uh, so good, so on point, and so applicable for what we're going through right now. Uh, if you haven't been around and you don't know any background of what's going on with 1 Peter, uh, a little bit of background is you know that Peter is the author. Uh, and he's writing to an audience that's comprised of mainly non-Jewish Jesus followers um, who are in a season of intense, intense persecution um, from their Roman neighbors. And that kind of sets us up where we're headed today, how we're going to close up the rest of the series today. Um, the title of my message is Refinery Editions. Refinery Editions. Now, if you've been around the church at all, uh, you've probably heard the analogy, the illustration of how gold is refined, how you add intense heat and pressure, and that purifies 
uh, the gold so that it becomes more pure. And we use that to illustrate how God allows times of pain, trial, suffering, persecution in our lives in order to purify us, in order to shape us, uh, in order to make us look more like him. Uh, It's a great illustration. However, uh, sometimes when I've heard it, uh, the illustration is incomplete. Uh, It's not just the intense heat and pressure that purifies the gold. There's one more step that's involved. Um, So what happens is a gold refinery will receive the raw material like the rock, the gold nuggets, uh, the scrap gold, etc., and they'll put it in the, in the furnace, um, and extreme heat and pressure will liquefy the metal. However, there's a second step. The second step is then you need to add in various chemicals in order to separate out the impurities. Um, it is not just about the heat and the pressure. There are additions that are necessary in order to make, uh, in order to complete the process. In our lives, the Lord absolutely allows seasons of heat and pressure. Uh, Really, that's just setting the stage um, for us to be purified. However, there are some additions that are necessary as well. Um, What we add to the equation, how we respond to the situation, has such a huge impact on what comes out the other side. Uh, Peter addressed this very topic here in chapter 5. And so we're going to dive in. Let's pray, and then we're going to take a look. Let's pray. Dear Lord, um, God, just thank you for a chance uh, to be in your house. Thank you for a chance uh, to be together, even just virtually, Lord. Uh, Father, I pray uh, that you just speak. I pray that you'd put the thoughts and the words together. Um, Lord, I pray that your word would just speak um, so plainly and so clearly to us, even today, uh, as we're listening to your word. Uh, Lord, we love you. Uh, We thank you. And we pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. All right, so go ahead, grab your Bibles, grab your phones, grab your tablets, whatever you're going to use to look at Scripture today, and turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. By the way, the first person that gets there, 10 points. First person to get there, 10 points, 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, while you guys are flipping there and turning there, uh, I'm just going to give you a heads up. The first word is so, it's the word so, uh, which is kind of like a therefore type of deal. Basically, what what Peter's doing is he's throwing back to what he just said there at the end of chapter four. Again, if you haven't heard Pastor Scott's message from last week, just go check that out. Um, Basically, what Peter's saying is, so in light of these things that I just said, talking about suffering, talking about how you should anticipate, you should expect suffering, uh, and that you can rejoice in times of suffering. Uh, In light of that fact that you're going to have suffering, now, add these things into the equation, um, and, the, and the outcome is going to be pure gold. Uh, I came up with three things. There's probably more than three that you could, you could pull out of this section of Scripture, but we're going to look at three that I found from the text. Uh, the first one is servant leadership. Servant leadership. So, I need a volunteer. Raise your hand. Yep. Yep, perfect. Thank you for volunteering. I appreciate that. Uh, Volunteer, here's what you're going to do. In a second, I'm going to have you pause me yet again. And volunteer, you are going to read verses one through four out loud to your group. If you're watching by yourself, uh, you can read out loud or you can read to yourself. So go ahead and pause me and read verses one through four together. Okay, so 
when I read through scripture, I, uh, I like to read through it a couple of times. It helps it stick in my head. So you guys have already read it once together uh, and I'm gonna read it again. So let's dive in. First Peter five verses one through four. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you not for shameful gain, but eagerly not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. By the way, my volunteer reader, thank you so much. You earned yourself five points. Good job. Good job. So here in this first section, Peter is addressing the elders. Um, by elders, he's referring to appointed spiritual leaders in the church. Appointed spiritual leaders in the church. So for example, here at ABF, this would be referring to the pastoral staff, the ministry leaders, the elder board. Uh, so those of you sitting here, y'all, y'all should just listen up. Um, and you guys at home, please feel free, listen in. Um, and I would recommend listening in because I think this is super applicable and you can definitely draw some application in your life anywhere where you're in a position of spiritual leadership. Uh, anywhere where you have spiritual leadership, whether great or small, whether it's in your home, with your family, in a life group, uh, with your friends, at work, uh, anywhere where you have a position of spiritual leadership, absolutely you can apply some of this stuff uh, to your life. So what Peter is saying here is, hey, leader, lead well, especially in a time like now, especially in a time of persecution or hardship, you need to lead well. Keep a few things in mind. First of all, they're not your flock. They're not your followers. Look there in verse two for 10 points. Whose flock are they? 10 points. Right? The Sunday school answer holds up here. It's God's flock right there in verse two. It's all just God's flock. I hate to break it to you, but we are all just middle management. It doesn't matter how big or how small your flock is. We are all just middle management. Therefore, don't get on a power trip. Don't domineer. Like it says in verse three, there is nothing worse than someone on a power trip. Nothing worse than someone on a power trip. As I was thinking through this, is funny, my brain immediately went to the campus security on my college campus. Uh, and man, we gave those guys a hard time. They just let power trip. They just love their power. And we uh, tried to humble them, I guess, apparently. Um, man, but there's nothing worse than somebody on a power trip. Don't power trip and domineer. Rather, as it says there in verse three, lead by example. The most inspiring leaders are the ones that lead by example. Hands down, the most inspiring leaders are the ones that lead by example. Uh, my mind immediately went here to William Wallace, Braveheart. Uh, great movie. Um, William Wallace, not only awesome at giving speeches, but the dude like led them into battle. He was willing to die for what he believed in. Likewise, I think of the apostle Paul. The apostle Paul, not only a great writer and gave us so much of our New Testament, but the dude lived it out. He followed Jesus to the end. It didn't matter um, what would happen to him. He was willing uh, to deal with imprisonment, with beating, with being executed. Uh, he lived it out and led by example. And that's why he's such a good example for us to follow today. So in times of heat and pressure and suffering and hardship, add servant leadership. And number two, add humility. All right, I need another volunteer. 
Yes, you, excellent, thank you for volunteering. You guys can go ahead and pause me and I need that volunteer to read verses five through seven. So go ahead, pause me, read five through seven. All right, 1 Peter 5, verses five through seven say this. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. First of all, volunteer who just read, thank you so much. Three points for you, three points. Uh, I know that I'm probably starting uh, wars at home. That one's only worth three, so just deal with it. Uh, sorry, parents. <laughs> um, Man, could there be a better section of scripture for the season that we're in right now? I don't, I don't think there could. Um, if you're looking for a, a piece of scripture to memorize maybe this week, these few verses would be awesome. Uh, but as we're isolating in our homes, as we are together in our homes with the same group of people day after day, after hour, after hour, babe, I love you love you so much. Uh, as we are in our homes day after day with the same people, as we're dealing with frustrating people outside the home, as we're dealing with frustrating people, uh, as we're dealing with anxiety and worry and all those things, man, such a sweet section of scripture. Have you noticed that the conversation shifts? Peter is no longer just speaking to the elders. Look at verse five. He says this, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. Peter here is speaking to everyone and he's saying, clothe, cover yourself with humility. The Greek word for clothe here is, is to tie. He's basically saying, tie humility around yourself. Kind of the illustration of like tying an apron around you. Um, and I can't help but wonder if while Peter is writing this down, if he's got the picture of Jesus in his head, tying a towel around his waist and going to wash his disciples' feet. Um, what a beautiful picture of servant leadership and humility. Um, is it just me or could our society in general and probably the world use humility tied around with like a quadruple knot, you know, like just so much humility just tied around and draped over us? towards our families, towards the people that we're living with in isolation, hour after hour, the people on the internet. Um, man, what about people that have different caution levels than you, right? With the whole social distancing thing, there's a wide spectrum of people and caution levels. And some people are taking it extremely, extremely seriously and others not as much. And man, it is so easy to get frustrated with and angry with and uh, proud over um, people that just do it differently than we do. What about our government and decision makers? Um, so I bring this up is because, man, uh, a number of these sections really just hit home with me uh, over this past week and a half or so as I've been studying it. Because um, for me during this time, uh, it is so easy for me to think that I've got like the whole coronavirus situation like figured out, right? Like I read like two articles and I see a couple of stats and like all of a sudden I'm the expert and I have it all figured out and dialed in. Um, and it's so easy uh, for, yeah, for me to just take this place of pride in the whole situation. Um, it's so arrogant. It's so, so arrogant. 
um, I would venture to say uh, that there's probably some people out there um, that are watching this that might fall into the same camp, right? Like you, you're right. You're right. You watch the right things. You have the right sources. Um, you do things the right way. The exact way that you do things, the exact amount of caution that you take is the right amount. You know, you know better than they do. You're right. Isn't it a great thing that here in verse five, it says that God gives grace to those that are right. Isn't that awesome? Oh, wait, uh, verse five, let's take a, another look there. It says, God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. Peter says, in times of hardship, in times of suffering, to add humility, to tie that around us, for that to cover us like clothing. Um, we should be dripping with humility um, during these times when it's so easy to wear pride and arrogance. But it's not just humility towards other people. Look in verse six, also humility towards the Lord. Verse six says this, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Uh, Linz and I have been going through this grief share Bible study uh, over the last few uh, months, just as we've been in the grieving process of grieving sweet little JJ. Um, and it's been awesome. There's been such good content. Um, it's really helped put words to how we're feeling. Uh, it's validated our feelings. And honestly, it's challenged us in some places uh, in the midst of our grieving process. And it's been really cool, actually, uh, to even make some connections between grieving the loss of a loved one and our current situation now. Uh, because in a way, we're all grieving. We're grieving the loss of financial security. We're grieving the loss of health certainty. We're grieving the loss of just normal life and freedom and just normalcy, how the way things were. Um, and for me, as I've kind of been in this grief journey for a little while, just grieving uh, over Jay, uh, I've noticed that one of the huge, hugely important things for me is coming to a place of humility before the Lord. Um, because my flesh cries out, this does not make sense. God, this doesn't make sense. This is not right. This is not how things should be. This is not the way I would have done them. Why is it happening this way? And I almost create the scenario in my head that God has wronged me. Like the Lord has wronged me. And I kind of like puff myself up in this place of not authority over God, but certainly not in humility and submission to him. And what I've been realizing and, and even just learning through our grief share uh, class and process is that really all that's doing is one delaying my healing process and it's, and it's hurting me. Um, whereas on the other side, the road to true healing is coming in a place of humility and humbly acknowledging the truth that the Lord is in complete control, that he's sovereign, that nothing happens outside of his plan, that nothing happens outside of his timing, that he's good, that he cares for me, that he doesn't owe me anything and he hasn't wronged me in any way. Um, the other part of that is then humbly coming to him, right? So I can acknowledge those things in my head, but then there's another part of humbly coming to him and, uh, and coming to his feet and laying at his feet, even when I don't understand what's going on, even when I don't like what's going on, and even when I don't want to come and sit at his feet. Um, there's a humility before the Lord and acknowledging who he is and who we are in his presence. That's so important and so powerful. And that's what Peter's talking about here. He's talking about humbling ourselves before the Lord 
And then the Lord lifts us up. When we come in humility, the Lord is the one that lifts us up. That's a truth that's throughout scripture. um, And it is certainly true here. Uh, I think verse seven here at the end gets a ton of attention, right? It's kind of the popular one here. The cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Um, and it's a great verse, don't get me wrong. Uh, however, I think that the focus is more, should be more importantly placed on humility because when we come in a place to a place of humility, uh, I think that's the hard part. If we can, if we can come to a place of humility uh, to the Lord's feet, um, then the whole casting our anxieties on him is much, much easier. Uh, lastly, in seasons of heat and pressure, add open eyes. I need one last volunteer. Yes, you, thank you. Read verses eight through 11. You're gonna pause me and read verses eight through 11 at home. All right, 1 Peter 5 verses eight through 11 says this. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world, right? That's literally true in this case. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right. Thank you, last volunteer. You earned yourself seven points. I know it's not fair. So great. Uh, I love being the guy that gets to decide how many points you get. And that is not domineering leadership. Well, maybe. Uh, So this last one, eyes, open eyes. So this last one, open eyes, incredibly, incredibly important. uh, And man, super applicable uh, for us lately, for sure. Basically what Peter is saying here is during seasons of hardship, open up your eyes, be watchful, be alert, look and see what's actually going on behind the scenes. You think that all this is happening is just a human thing? The church that he is writing to, you think this is just human persecution? There is something much bigger going on behind the scenes. You have a very, very real and dangerous spiritual adversary. Uh, I've said it before. I actually think it was a couple of months ago when I was up here um, talking. I'm not one to over-spiritualize. I don't think that Satan is behind every rock. I don't think he is behind every bad thing, um, regardless how, how tiny and insignificant that happens on this planet. I don't think he is. However, it is downright dangerous to under-spiritualize. It is downright dangerous to not understand what's going on behind the scenes and seeing that sometimes it is absolutely the evil one. It is absolutely our spiritual enemy who is behind things. Um, I don't know what he's behind and what he's not. I won't try and make any claims as to what he is behind. However, I can guarantee regardless of if he's behind your specific hardship at any given time, I guarantee you 100% that he is behind the scenes wanting to take advantage of your situation, wanting to take advantage of your hardship. Note the enemy's objective there in verse eight. His objective is to devour you, to completely destroy you, to separate you from the Lord. I find it interesting that Peter uses an illustration of a lion. 
Uh, you probably don't know this about me, but I am completely obsessed with BBC nature documentaries. I love them. Like Planet Earth from the last few years, there was a couple of those. Those were awesome. Uh, more recently, uh, they just came out with, and I just finished, uh, Seven Worlds, One Planet. So, so good. Uh, I'm actually currently watching one called Seasonal Wonderlands, and it doesn't have Sir David Attenborough, so obviously it's not as good. Uh, you don't need to see that one, but the other one's so good. I love these show shows. You get into the lives of these animals in just such a cool, sweet way, and you learn stuff, and anim the animals are cool. Uh, it's great. I love watching about the predators, the orca whales, the sharks, the, like, you name it, the snakes, the wolves. Like, it's the best. Uh, one of my favorites are the big cats, and I know super trendy right now, uh, but the big cats of prey are awesome. They're some of my favorites. I don't like domesticated cats. They're like whatever, but these big cats of prey, amazing, amazing. It's cool to see them hunt because you see how strategic they are. They're incredibly strategic and they use the same strategy over and over again. They love to use the element of surprise and they love to pick on the vulnerable, the weak, the young, and figure out a way to separate them from the rest of the herd and pick them off. Our enemy is also incredibly strategic and uses, funnily enough, some of the same techniques. Um, Lindsay and I have recognized, uh, even just over the last few months, uh, recognized just some spiritual warfare. Uh, the last year and a half for us has been uh, just a hard time. It's just been rough. Honestly, the hardest year and a half of, of my life for sure. Um, just feels like kind of living in a, in a season of hardship. Um, we actually just found out about two weeks ago that we miscarried again. Um, and man, it just kind of, it just feels like one thing after the, the next. And uh, just in the season of hardship, um, we're starting to put our finger on spiritual attacks and uh, just seeing the enemy come in and trying to attack our marriage and trying to attack uh, our relationship with the Lord. And uh, we've just noticed that the enemy loves to attack during seasons of hardship. When we're vulnerable, when we're hurting, when we're scared, um, that's when he loves to make his attacks. Um, have you noticed that? Have you also noticed that he knows exactly where to attack? And those attacks come in waves. He uses the element of surprise. Sometimes you don't even see him coming. Um, for me personally, as I've just even been processing through and just trying to put my finger on attacks of the enemy over this last uh, few weeks and months, uh, one of the attacks has come in the form of a lie. Um, the lie that he whispers trying to separate me from the Lord. And the lie goes like this. Josh, what's the point of praying? God's just gonna do whatever he wants anyways. What's even the point? And see, I know that's not true. Uh, I know from God's word, uh, I know truth that's been hidden in my heart. I know that I can trust him and take his word at its value. I've seen it in the past. I've seen him answer prayer. I've seen him uh, come through again and again. Um, but yet this, this attack uh, just continually comes up. How about you? Where is the enemy mounting his attack? Where is the enemy, during the season of hardship, where is he attacking? Um, what lie is being whispered? Where are you being spiritually isolated? And the big question is, are your eyes even open to see it? Do you even see what's going on behind the scenes? Can you even pinpoint spiritual attack during your season of hardship? Um, or are you just stumbling about like a sheep to the slaughter? Um, I'll tell you what, it is life-threatening to not see a predator coming. It is life-threatening to not see your spiritual predator coming.
Because while God intends to use our seasons of hardship and turmoil and pain for our good, he intends to shape us, to purify us, to mold us, to draw us in and bring us closer and on the other side of it to look more like him, be more fired up and have a more thriving and effective relationship with him. But the enemy's intent is the exact opposite. He wants your season of hardship to do the exact opposite, to spiral and to, for you to be devoured and destroyed. Uh, this past week, uh, Lindsay and I were listening to a sermon. And I don't know if you guys have had those sermons that you've listened to that have just like spoken to your soul and have been just so life-giving. Uh, I'm sure you have. Um, but man, for us, uh, it was just like kind of in the middle of just hardship, uh, just really spoke life to us. And it was just this thought of, it is quite possible that the entire reason that we're in the season of hardship um, is because the enemy is scared. Uh, over, I don't know, leading up to that time of hardship, uh, the Lord was really working in our hearts and kind of shaping us and talking to us about calling and um, really just seeking after his face and really just feeling like so good with the Lord um, and pursuing him and excited to see him take ground for the kingdom using us. And it's crazy um, even just feeling like that came at kind of like one of those perfect times and kind of just like knocked the wind out of us um, and really just feeling, man, it's quite possible that our season of hardship is just, is just spiritual attack and just trying to knock us off what the Lord has for us. Um, and if there's any correlation between the size of the attack and the size of our potential uh, kingdom impact, we were just so encouraged listening to um, that message and just feeling like, Satan, you are not going to get us down. You can't defeat us. You're not going to get into a wedge in our marriage. You're not getting into a wedge in our relationship with the Lord. And I was just thinking about that uh, over the last few days for you guys. I don't know what your, se your season looks like. I don't know what your hardship. Uh, I know that this coronavirus thing, there is different levels of hardship for sure across the board. Um, for some of you, I know that this is a, an epic, epic hardship. Uh, and may I just offer that it is quite possible the only reason that you are in the type of hardship, the severity of hardship that you're in now is because the enemy is trying to separate you from the Lord. He's trying to devour and destroy the calling that God has on your life. Um, if I may just speak um, into that, do not fail. Uh, Peter, as he says here, um, to have open eyes, to see what's coming um, and to stand firm and to resist. Um, it is very possible that the only reason or the main reason you are in this season right now is because the evil and the enemy is trying to separate you from your calling and your advancement of the kingdom. Um, I was thinking about it even bigger on the bigger scale. I mentioned that I, I don't claim to know if the evil one, the enemy is behind this coronavirus thing. I'm not going to purport to guess whether he is or he's not. Um, however, if I was the evil one, if I was the enemy and I was scared of the impact of the church coming up, the idea of attacking worldwide health, finances, security, and leading people into isolation and fear would absolutely be something that I would do. Um, and I don't know what the Lord is doing, but I know that there is something coming. I know there is a shift in what the Lord is doing even before coronavirus even started. And I can tell you with certainty, there is a shift of what's happening after this thing is gone uh, that the enemy doesn't want any part of. And uh, may I just encourage you that the Lord is doing a thing. There is going to be um, new life. There is going to be 
Um, just so much growth and kingdom impact out of this. And the Lord is going to bring beautiful things uh, out of the middle of this hardship. Um, Look there at verse 10. Remember, this season is just temporary. After you have suffered for a little while, just a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So my question for you today is this. How is your refining process going? You feel like molten substance? And that's okay if you do. Honestly, that's a good place to be because with just a few simple additions, some servant leadership, a whole lot of humility, some open eyes to what the enemy is doing. On the other side of this thing, it's gonna be pure gold, pure gold. Let me pray. Father, um, Lord, I pray for... Um, everyone that's listening and watching. Um, Lord, I felt so encouraged when you spoke to my heart even earlier this week um, about maybe even just the reason behind our suffering, our hardship, Lord. So I pray that you would speak just encouragement to those that need it and are listening and watching and just feeling like in the thick of it, Lord. Um, Lord, I pray that you would encourage knowing that they are on the right track, that it's even an honor uh, to suffer and to be in hardship and persecution. Um, One, we get to look uh, and experience like Jesus. And on the other hand, on the other side of it, God, you are removing things from us that are not of you and so that we can be unhindered and run after you with all our hearts. Um, Jesus, uh, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you meet us and sustain us in times of hardship. Um, Lord, I pray that you would use uh, this time when we're isolated in various different ways, ways that we could never even imagine. We trust you. We love you. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Will you sing with us? You hear me when I call. You are my morning song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the Troubles linger still Whom shall I
shall stand You hold the whole world in your hand I'm holding on to your promises You are faithful We have angel armies by our side. Angel armies by our side. Couple of things. First of all, who won the competition? Who won? Who, who won the free ice cream? Who won movie night? Who got it? I'm very interested to hear. Let me know. Seriously, send me an email. I'd love to hear who won. Uh, a couple of other things. Uh, if you get a chance, go and check out this song called Refiner by Maverick City Music. So good. So good, crushed me this week in an awesome, awesome way. And as always, if there's anything that we can be praying for, if there's any way that we can serve you, please reach out. We love you guys. We miss you. Have an awesome week. See you next time.